That was my opening line. You blew it. I blew it. You fucking blew it. Welcome to the very podcast. Fireplace edition. (laughs) (laughs) Fireplace edition. Main man edition. I'm your main man. Look at this shirt. Yeah. (laughs) You're maned up. Yeah, yeah. You bought me this shirt yesterday. And then when we got home and I put it on, you're like, you look like a dad. Dad, well, main dad vibes, the whole thing. Like, what are you doing to me? I have my own main shirt on. You gotta, like, wear fleece and button-ups and um, lined jeans, which I need to get a pair of. I don't know why I don't have a pair of lined jeans, fleeced lined jeans. Those exist? Yeah. The fuck? I know. Well, th- what I do is I have, like, really baggy jeans and I throw fleece uh, long underwear underneath them mm. and it, it's like it'll do the trick yeah i haven't i don't think i've really bought clothes since we've been together well i was like i really like your style you don't need anything else uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah mm-hmm. so we're all cool yeah no i think it's part of a, a low consumption lifestyle yeah. yeah um not needing new clothes like these were gifted to me by a friend Oh man, clothes are the best gift for us. Yeah, and it's like not even like, oh, here's a, he, I'm gifting you jeans. It's like, hey, these don't fit me right anymore. I'm over these. Like, we gotta regularly just open your closet up and share share the goods. Oh, absolutely. Because I have so much stuff that I'm like, I would never wear this. Yeah, we should it's, give it out. It's for like someone who's a little wants to connect with their prettier side and you know, like delicate fabrics and that sort of thing. Mm. I need to be a hearty girl myself. I don't know why. Wait, you, you don't like to connect with your pretty side? I just mean, you know, like uh, you know, uh, like a chiffon or a light fabric. I like them like hearty. I'm more of a masculine. Maybe it's a gender thing. Maybe I'm gendered. <laughs> Where I fall on the gender fluid spectrum. Yeah. 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 Totally. I, th- I think that's why uh, you were even approachable for me. Really? You yeah. You were just like, oh, she's a, she's a bro? A little bit, you know? Because, like, to me, like, I, I come up to you, and before we even spoke a word, I was like, well, this is the prettiest girl I've ever met. That's, this is, normally that would intimidate me, but I talked to you for a couple of minutes, and I'm like, oh, you're a bro. <laughs> you're a total fucking tomboy, or whatever they say. I was even a little slut when you met me, and I think that helped us. <laughs> <laughs> you were you were a slut i was a little slutty i mean i was hooking up with someone that you're like if she'll hook up with him like i actually have a shot at yeah it did it did help yeah i was like oh you oh, forget about it like that that ain't the challenge more the challenge is i'm married and will she be down with that and you know eventually you were but i got i just i just got out of that situation so yeah yeah like a year <laughs> yeah we got to be torrid for a second yeah. I'm not proud of it, but you do life and love. Your heart steers the wheel, and that's what happens sometimes. Well, I think when you let your heart steer, steer the wheel, that's what can happen. Your your heart will steer the wheel and get you out of the uh the maybe maybe some of the the things your ego got you into. I don't I don't even like when it's my ego running the show. It's like hard to tell sometimes because your ego is like so uh, good at it, you know, that you're like, no, mm. this is my heart really looking out, <laughs> you know, 
this is my heart talking. Yeah. This is the voice of my heart. It's yeah. like your voice, your heart doesn't have a fucking voice. Shut up. Yeah. It just is. It just is. That's what I was about to say. Yeah. Yeah, it just is. I mean, and it's, um, I think it's, it's like nothing we can claim to be experts in, but we uh, have started the process of training our egos to serve the heart. Oh yeah, we've been we've been talking about this a lot about how you really are you kind of um training's the best way to put it, but you get into a pattern of if you <laughs> continually take your ego and say like, "All right, I hear you, but like we're letting the heart take the wheel." Mm-hmm. Like you're not driving the ship. Like, yes, this is scary. Yes, this is uncomfortable. Yes, I'm putting myself in a vulnerable position, but like I am going in the face of that to do the more loving thing Mm. and when you do that over and over and over and over again it's like becomes secondhand it's so much it becomes easy yeah and the universe starts to reward you with other lovers and lots of love and less fear-based thinking you know what helps me a lot with fear and i was thinking that because i'm sitting next to this pile of wood (laughs) 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 what helps you with fear Knocking on wood. I mean, I know oh, it's like know. the stupidest, silliest thing, but like I was knocking on wood. The other, you said something. I said something. I was like, yeah, knock on wood. And I was like, dude, that is my medicine. Yeah. You do that all the time. And I really do it. And I really believe in it mm-hmm. because when you knock on wood, you say like, hey, this isn't in my hands anymore. This is kind of like in the, the wood God's hands. Yeah. You know, like, all right, like all right, I said something awful that I'm scared is going to come true. So like, okay, let me knock on wood. And it's like, I don't have to think about it anymore. It's like, I did my part yeah. to let it go. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a little letting go ritual. Yeah. It's like a, a quick tra- one. It's like a quick transference of energy. It's like, oh, take it in my body. Okay. Uh, knock on wood. And it's like, I can really forget about things. Yeah. I can completely just be like, think about the most horrible thing ever. Knock on wood and be like, all right, cool. Like, let's. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. I don't know. So it's good to keep a, a pile of wood next to you, I think. Yeah. Uh, you know how I deal with fear? What? I let my ego take over and tell really good stories till I pull you into it. And then I'm like, oh, this is fucking insane. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, I know you're a very good storyteller. And then sometimes I just have to get to a point where I'm yelling at you. I'm like, I'm like I know you're a really good storyteller, but this story sucks. And I'm not being part of this one. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. I've definitely been... Uh, fearful chicken little type at certain points in my relationship i try not to be that dude though i I literally almost jumped out the car the other day we we, we were you were driving in the the walgreens parking lot or whatever and i opened the door as the car's moving and i'm like let me out yeah because you were just telling like a scary story well we got up here to maine and when we got here your mom was like i think i have fucking coronavirus and i was like so what are we going to do about this, Cass? And you were like, nothing. We're going to take care of her. We're going to do this now. I'm like, I would like to see my family again. Like, Jesus All right, I, this wasn't meant for you to justify. Because <laughs> if I did fight you on this, I know I would come out winning or, you know. Oh, yeah. I oh, would win yeah. public opinion, but I'm not even going to go there with you. Oh, yeah, no, totally, um, totally. But, yeah, it's so funny because... The three times we've come up to Maine a lot, a lot more than we usually do, because mm-hmm. like there's only so many places you can go in totally. life. So actually visiting your parents is like a great thing to do if you get tested ahead of time. But even though I've gotten tested ahead of time all these other times, I've always been spent the whole time here like scared shitless. 
Like, yeah. what does this test even mean anything? Is it possible I got something on the way here? And I finally, after months of being scared of coronavirus, have gotten to a place that's like, not, I don't think reckless, but a little more zen. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, as soon as I'm like up here, you know, able to be zen, like, all right, we're just here. We got tested. We're negative. She, like, there's no way she has it. It's like, of course, then mom is scared that she has it out of yeah. nowhere because... Some, sometimes this time of year you can get a little cold and like the wind blowing and you like you start getting in your head yeah you get a couple sniffles and you're like oh shit yeah. coronavirus coronavirus <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's um it, it's tough to, to transcend that speaking of the ego i mean that that's the, that's the ego doing something mm-hmm. to make itself feel alive or stay where it is or whatever convincing you you're sick that's insane yeah. Well, I like to convince myself that if I'm sick, I can heal myself. It doesn't always work right away, but I'm just like, I'm going to at least focus my energy on healing myself and, and bringing light through my body. And like, cause I know when I've been on, you know, a nice dose of ayahuasca or whatever it is, like I cellularly heal my body. I mean, I know the medicine does like the, the, uh, big part of the work, but that's ultimately what's happening is like, light and love gets sent to different parts of my body and like a healing takes place. So that's what I just do. Like it's more, it feels more valuable to go immediately to a place of sending good energy to the places that need it the most. Cause ultimately that's where you're going to have to get to. <laughs> so you might as well start there. Right. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. The, the ayahuasca is interesting because it's like, it almost has to like take you through hell to show you what hell is, to show you that hell ain't that scary. And that's like the part of you, mm. part of you, because like when, when you transcend duality, like uh, that's part of the thing you got to remember when you transcend duality, not only are you God, but you're the devil. Yeah. You're both, you know, you're, you're everything. Yeah. Devil, the devil has been something that as I've made friends with the devil, thank you. Thank you, Grateful Dead, um, friend of the devil. But realizing, like, it is me and that there is no there is no devil. And the devil is, if I do see a devil or feel a devil, like, it's within me more than anything. And then I don't really want to um, deny. That's I think I don't know what Satanists are, and I would like to understand better the whole um, movement of Satanism. But I kind of feel like the most fucked up corrupt people and i feel like we've talked about this before are the ones that pretend like they are above you know devilish deeds mm-hmm. and then they're the ones with the fucking dungeon with some fucking sex slave trade thing or you know all this buried suppressed um you know it's all like love and light and there's like there's the darkest shadow of of that kind of energy mm. so when you're like aware of that you're like okay Okay, I'm I'm running with the devil. <laughs> R.I.P. Eddie Van Halen. Um, yeah, I was uh, the other day. You, you know what's super productive um, for me? Coming out of a K-hole. Oh, yeah. You know, like when you're coming back down into these forms of consciousness where you can kind of like apply this higher wisdom to what's going on. I totally had this thought that like, the universe and life and all of humanity is a broken mirror. Mm. God being the mirror, us being all the shards of glass. 
and that everything is a reflection and mm. everyone is a reflection and everything is a reflection. So if you're going through your day feeling all righteous that that Donald Trump is the devil, he's the demon, he's the one, it's you. It's you. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of people, instead of doing that work to recognize, you know, their inner corrupt gangster-like fuckhead bigot, we externalize that. We make it somebody else's problem as opposed to doing that work on ourselves. And, uh, you know, that, that's a, that's definitely a path I feel like we've had to go down, especially, I don't know, it's a silly example, but in these last four years, Donald Trump being president, it's pretty fucking insane that Donald Trump is and was our president. Yeah. Insane. And what yeah. it's done to people, the, the fucking derangement on both sides that this figure brought out. Oh, I feel so humbled by it because I'm like, oh my God, there's this awakening that's happening that's that i knew this country was fucked up and found on genocide but really consciously looking at myself and i know that i have a lot of blinders on and i know that my ego is super strong but yeah it feels like this very humbling practice of being like oh wow like i'm allowing this reality in some part Mm. to be Mm. like i'm a, a whether whoever i vote for i'm a participant in the fact that donald trump is our president And if I want that to be different, it's going to take more than me just voting. Like, it takes an overhaul of, like... I mean, I think he's one of the the best examples of someone run by ego. Or it, or, Mm, you know? Oh, yeah. Yeah, totally. He's fully in it. He's he's probably... A lot of people won't like to hear this, but... um, He's probably the, the best reflection of America that we could possibly have. Oh yeah, he played. What I mean, this place is about? How good did he play the game to to pay oh. that? He pays less in income tax than I do. Yeah, what? And the I fuck? make like no fucking. We barely money. make any money. We pay more taxes than fucking Donald Trump. I'm like, if that doesn't, if you don't call bullshit to that, and just, I don't know. I mean, I guess it's not bullshit. It's just if you consent to that, that way of our our reality of that system. I don't know. It's, I guess it it is, it is, it is what it is, but we gotta, like, we have a lot of power, and it's tapping into that power that's so, um, necessary right now. Mm Mm-hmm. And once you, once you tap into that power, you gotta hold space in it, and, and, and that's the tough thing. That's, that's, that's the tough, because people will try to pull you back into their duality games. Oh, and the division, and sometimes you can think you're on the right side of the fight, but... It's like this this fight where someone else is like below you or something. It's like it becomes so sticky and tricky and and ugly. Yeah, I, I mean, it's it's it's. I I would love to really connect with like uh, Zen Buddhism and and the the Buddhist teachers and like the the not being so like zoomed in and kind of a. Uh, like further back and like ability to see it all without getting riled or reaction mm-hmm. and, and like a deeper acceptance and you are connected to them. Well, of course, of course, but just saying I want to be as a connection in itself, but yeah, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm just talking shit. And so am I, but I think we basically, you know, one of the, this, this seems crazy, but I think one of the most radical things that we do is meditate. 
Well, yeah, that that's that's some uh, monastery shit, you know, and and it's and that's where it's like spreading out like little pores, like we say spores, like we say how you know being in space camp or whatever, you just become like a little love spore. And that's where like if you take the the big love spore of all these monks holding space and years that's not and the spore that's the mycelium the mycelium of the years of meditation and the holding space and the ritual of it and the and the waking up at 4 or 3 a.m and doing it all day and holding space that this higher states of consciousness are possible if you quiet down and then all of us are like infected by them holding space we're infected with these little um you know, consciousness spores that like that is possible. And I'm going to get, I'm going to be a little bit of that every day Mm. and I'm going to tap into that every day and then remind people that like, yo, this really, really is the shit, you know? Yeah. Meditation is the shit. Like it's It's how you grow the mycelium. Yeah. It's how you, it's how you calm your being so you can be present on this plane of reality. Totally. And I think there's something to be said about like having a meditative lifestyle and, and trying to drop into flow, but actually taking the time to to not meditate while you're cooking or washing dishes. Like, yeah, do that, but really just reset. I can't even say how much it's helped me be able to yeah. like live, enjoy my evenings. Mm. You know what I mean? It's, I'm, I don't know. Maybe we go back to being highly sensitive people and by a certain hour, I'm fried no matter what my day's been like i could yeah. have the chillest fucking day and i'm by like 5 p.m i'm like okay you know and 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 then that's it allows you to have an evening where you decide what kind of evening do i want to have rather than being like all right well i have to watch television because i'm so fucking fried out that i need to check out yeah and if you check out or check in is meditation checking in Mm-hmm. If you check in with meditation, then you have more agency over what where your like evening goes or where your day goes or all this sort of stuff. At least it seems to me. That's pretty good. Checking out, we all know what that is. Right. That's medicating mm-hmm. in some way. Checking in. Well, it's about feeling what's going on with you because if you don't mm-hmm. feel what's going on with you, how could you know what's going on with you? And if you don't know how what's going on with you, how could you send it fucking love and healing vibes? Yeah. Yeah. And that sounds so adorable, but it is. <laughs> it's, uh, I, I think it's, it's important. It's an important practice if you value peace and serenity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. To, to be able to be with what is. If we didn't start meditating before Donald Trump became president, for instance, we would be fucking tied up in knots like my parents are. We would be um, total fucking marks for uh, corporate media to, oh, yeah. to get us all twisted up. Yeah, it's like you, you take your power back so you're less susceptible to media narratives and um, advertising and marketing ploys and all the things. Manipulative people. I can't, half the time I can't even, like talking about not, having bought new clothes i'm like i can't i got we went to like a store the other day with my mom and i'm like i honestly just can't think of anything that i would Mm. i need you Mm -hmm. know because i'm like stripping stripping the need stripping the need i don't need anything i don't need anything i'm like i'm like i'm at peaceful where it is yeah well i mean i I think that also has to do with like your painting we're we're doing more podcasts than ever we're going to start a new show and so you're 
uh, everyone's an artist, but you're bringing that online. You're tapping into it. You're a creator. And I feel like um, on the spectrum, there's like creators and the consumed. The consumed. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like a like a scary movie or something. Well, I mean, that's if you're not creating, really, that's a really good scary movie. Okay, it, let's let's you're writing movies on every one of these podcasts, <laughs> and you're like, here's a movie. Last time you did it, and you basically described Midsummer, and we, we were like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think my movie that I was about to describe already exists. It's like Wally or um, Idiocracy. Mm-hmm. So I don't even need to describe it. It exists already. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. If you're not creating, you are so susceptible to getting consumed. Right. It's like it's like with all these apps and, and social medias is like, if you aren't paying for it, you are the product. Yeah. So... It's all good stuff to keep in mind. I think that's kind of like why we do this podcast and why we have the community we do is to like remind each other what's up, you know, Mm -hmm. and to remember our agency and our power and that how by uh, checking in and not checking out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you can be a more active player in your reality Yeah, and in the reality. And, And these are, we're talking about like very, very subtle things that are, that are almost hard to pick up on if you're especially if you're in consumer mode they're very hard to become mindful of i think because our ways of medicating are so fucking effective you right. know throw another log on this fire here Cass. come on go I, for you it saw i wanted to yeah i know you want to i'll do a big boy oh lord it might take a second to catch up Oh, it's so nice and toasty. That time of year, it smells so good, too. Yeah, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. We come up here and then go back into New York City. Talk about stimulation. Yeah, I mean, electrically, we're probably super stimulated, even just energetically. Mm-hmm. There's no limits on the amount of, what is it, EMF? Yeah electromagnetic frequency or something well i mean uh, th- what i was what i was just saying was like our forms of medication have become so damn effective that it'll take you through a lifetime and fucking never having to feel a thing mm-hmm. you know I, th- I think like it's it's so tempting to get pulled into this like very narrow bandwidth of what like life could be and is and cut off all the feelings over here and all the feelings over here, the highest of the highs, the joys or the lowest of the lows and all the pain. It's really easy to medicate that away and just live in this narrow societally acceptable bandwidth. And, uh, I, I'm, to me personally, I'm not interested in it. Cause I'm like, why would I take form to like protect myself from this, the full human experience all the feelings you know our friend our friend ani um she just she just like she put a really sweet note the other day on uh on her instagram saying or a picture of us saying i met these two and it changed my life forever i don't know what we did other than say quit your fucking job and pursue art like if you're not happy at your job quit your job and pursue art and and she was saying the amount of people that um, tried to compel me to do otherwise and 
go back to being a teacher, go get your masters, you know, do these things that we've seen other people do. So you can have the miserable lives that we've seen those other people have. And just, uh, the, the, the wherewithal to, to hear that from everyone around you, from, from all the normies saying, be like us and being like, no, despite the pain, despite the highs and the lows and, and the, the, the craziness, I'm going to learn how to, how to do this. I'm going to learn how to stabilize and make this my life. And she's like, I'm so much happier because of it. Yeah. You know? So all we did was we just, we just reminded her. We were just the acid as yeah. people. I don't know. Sometimes I don't, I can't even take credit because I'm, I get so anxious when you tell that to people. Cause I'm like, I don't want to tell anyone what they should do. Cause I have no fucking idea. I don't, I don't tell them what to do necessarily i mean if they're looking to me for a specific suggestion first of all i'll resist that as long as i can but you know eventually it'll come out and it's like yeah i mean the thing you're doing is pulling you out of alignment and your heart is trying to pull you back into alignment your ego is trying to keep you where you're comfortable fucking take control of this shit you know yeah it seems that opportunities arise i think what early on happened is with with you i was like on this trajectory where i was working with other people and it was like you finish a job and you pick up a next job and you just like you're on the train and it was awesome because i had regular work and i was working all the time mm-hmm. but i remember you had like a really cool opportunity come up for me to like produce this travel history channel um commercial thing. oh yeah I forgot and i was that. like i couldn't do it because i was promised to this this job and it it i was like i will never ever miss a cool opportunity again yeah you missed hanging out with your boy i know yeah. and i was like i'm quitting everything <laughs> yeah i mean that's all you got to ask yourself is like if you're doing something if you're devoting your time to something that's not making you happy just got to ask yourself like what am i missing out on yeah and yeah. and and what kind of because the people who have really made it like we were watching that the comedy store documentary which is pretty great the first couple episodes came out on showtime and i mean it's you hear about letterman living in like a taco shell of an apartment yeah um a burrito just like in the little cubby you know and and right across from the comedy store and jay leno sleeping in the kitchen at the comedy store they would close and he would just fucking stay there yeah behind the stairs and, and and i mean i hate to say this but fucking uh, Jeff Bezos, like every person who was like really made it and made it on their own, besides people who were like brought in, um, their papa gave them a couple mil to start off with, mm-hmm. like dear Donald Trump. Well, that's what happened with Jeff Bezos as well, and he didn't make it on his own. Oh, really? He I exploits think... the labor of nine hundred thousand. Well, people. I know that. I know, Sean. I know that. I, that's not what I'm saying. But he, there's this story of like the garage story. Is that a false story? All those stories are fucking total american bullshit even jay leno and letterman i mean look at look at ellen i mean it's everyone who works for her they're like oh we're giving them one paid day off a a year and it's like oh my god yeah like these people yeah yeah maybe they get paid halfway decent but they can't take time off they can't be with their families they work obscene hours Mm -hmm. the expectations are out of this world and it's like so commonplace in our culture for people who work to be completely abused that even the the figurehead of kindness has like the most fucked up policies and it wasn't just yeah. about and i think the small stuff 
not that it's small stuff, but the, 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 like the racist insensitivities wouldn't has been probably anything or wouldn't have been as problematic if they were getting, uh, you know, six paid weeks off a year, you know, stuff that you get in Spain or other places. It's like, no, Ellen needs to make however many billions of dollars so mm-hmm. everyone else can go fuck themselves. Yeah. Well, and that's what your mom was saying to me the other day. Is like Jeff Bezos has, I know that these figures aren't perfectly aligned. I think you said it's 900,000, but let's say it's 427,000 employees across the globe. If he paid each of them an $80,000 bonus this year, he would still have the same amount of money he had as when the pandemic began. Mm-hmm. But of course, you can't pay someone eighty thousand dollars because no, then, then, then the jig is up. Then they'd take a year off and be like, "All right, I'll yeah. come back to my low-paying minimum yeah. wage job next year." Yeah, exactly. You know, it's like this desperation that is inherent to making capitalism work. Because if everyone was paid fairly, or if payroll was um, nationalized, nationalized then people would be like, oh, you're not giving me time off. Oh, you're making me come in on six days, all this stuff. Like, I'm going to go get another job or I'm going to just quit. And and then then uh, that they wouldn't have the same amount of power over people to pay low wages and, and low benefits. And, you know, oh, you've worked a year. Let's fire you so we don't have to uh, pay you benefits. You can reapply in, a, in like three mm-hmm. months. Why, why is there any unemployment? You know, when, when the unemployment gets a little high, we say, oh, that's that's a flaw in capitalism like no it ain't it's necessary to capitalism so they can say to you oh you don't like this gig fuck you fucking seven percent of this country doesn't have a job right now we're gonna go get one of them and we're gonna get them for cheaper than we can get you right and it keeps you terrified enough to keep going back to that thing and not only that they'll weaponize your fucking health care wow they create an environment where we're being poisoned. Yeah. We're being poisoned by stress and workahol and terrible food and everything that comes along with not having time. We're being poisoned and it's making us sick. And they're like, in order to pay for those sicknesses that we gave you, you better go get this fucking job. And you'll be lucky if they give you benefits. Right. And it's like, you have to look in the face of that system and be like, I'm still going to try to take the risk like Ani did mm-hmm. to make it on my like own. Like we do. Like we do because. Yeah. We won't give it. We we won't give in and take a job. Well, because every time, like we've literally, there's a few times where we've gone broke where we're like, all right, we have a couple thousand dollars, but that gets us through like half a month here. Yeah. <laughs> um, and we like, it's, it's kind of crazy because I don't, I don't believe in this. I don't think that this is a general rule, but in our life, and I think the life of some people, like this, this box of desperation can is where creativity is 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 spewed out of, born out of, spurred out of. Yeah, yeah. You're like, oh, I gotta make something work. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Ani started like work teaching uh, s- people individually, like get working not in like the classroom the school system that has had so many problems that she was in but she started doing tutoring and there's ways that you can uh find the the work that's right for you Mm -hmm. and it it sometimes takes that like nudge of creativity that comes out of a nudge of like desperation of like well i need to fucking figure this out and that's where i feel like you and i the only ways we've made money is because of our ideas you know you got to put your mind to the test and be like all right, what is our idea? What kind of film are we going to do? What do we want to do? What are, We need to do something, say something, be something. Yeah. 
that's actually one of the few things I, I could off the top of my head think I'm, I'm proud of. It's like I've only made money off my ideas. Mm-hmm. That's the only time I've ever made money. I've never really sold my time for money. You know? Mm-hmm. But the ideas I get paid for, I don't know what it, what it is we're getting paid for when we do commercials. But, but it's, it's crazy because like I don't think that the ideas are unique to you. They're unique no. to the vessel of you. Yes. Your vessel of you will have those ideas, but every other vessel is channeling from the same divine source. The broken mirror. That broken mirror. So it's just like, okay, what kind of ideas is this form going to come up with? Mm-hmm. You know? what kind My of, reality tunnel. Yeah, what kind of podcast would I do? What kind of film would I make? What kind of idea do I have? What kind of crazy off-the-wall way do I think about making money? Or what is, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and uh, yeah, it's, it's just uh, so worth feeding that energy. Serving the muse, well, yeah, right. you know, you serve the muse and she'll serve you right back tenfold, mm-hmm. tenfold. You really, but, but like to, to dip into that layer of consciousness and operate like that comes with a heavy price because it comes with a lot of uncertainty. Right. And so much. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah, Absolutely. And yeah. that, that's the privilege that I definitely have, like, knowing, like, hey, if I was like, mom, can I come live with you in Maine for a month? I need to get back on my feet. Like, I have that option. Yeah, know? she'd let you in for two weeks. Yeah, and, and then <laughs> after that, would be like, all right. <laughs> She's like, Cass, I, got, I worked. You better figure it out. Yeah, yeah, totally. She wouldn't have very long sympathy for me. <laughs> so funny. I was like, I, I mean, I definitely... They hooked me up with uh, college, which was a huge thing, but I paid for everything else. I think, like, it was just, it was instilled in me from an early age. Like, I was, you know, at 15 working at Applebee's and saving money, and then that's how I bought my groceries in college and mm-hmm. and just did, it moved out, and I had worked at a restaurant in college, and that's how I ended up getting my first apartment, and, you know, like, just being like, that's another thing. I, I would... I appreciate my mom because she's like, you got to figure it out. I figured it out. You figure it out. Yeah. I love that about her. I love that, that she instilled those values in you because you're a hard worker and I don't know. We've never asked anyone for anything. Yeah. And I think that's why she'd allow me the two weeks here because I've never asked her for anything. (laughs) We could do two weeks at my parents' house. (laughs) Maybe two weeks at your dad's. I know. I think I feel like I'm on the precipice of like, I want to move somewhere for like, because we pay so much in rent. I'm like, we should move somewhere with, with a bunch of people and, and get a big house where we're all paying like $500 a month for a room and try that for like a few months during the pandemic. Mm-hmm. Because it's like, it's going to be hard and, and it's nerve wracking to, to hang out with people who are loose or, or, or maybe not as secure. So you almost want to create like your own little energetic bubble of, of people. Because yeah. you're like, I can't, we can't not be around people. Oh yeah, but we're we're so individuated already, and like this second wave of this coronavirus that's inevitably happening is just gonna do that to us more. And I don't know, I I feel like people need each other, mm-hmm. and if we could create a little bubble of artists, where it's like we're gonna be in this house together for a few months, and we're gonna bring in some good medicines, and we're gonna hold each other accountable to make some dope shit. Yeah, we'll set certain goals. And also I think like it's really easy to just like get lost on your phone, but when you're around 
when I'm with just you. Like mm-hmm. you and I can go into our own like phone worlds or whatever. But when you're with, I've noticed when I'm with like a bunch of people, whether I'm at an event or at space camp or a wedding or whatever, like I don't even look at my phone because there's so much stimulation, you know, there's yeah. so much else, else energetically to attend to and show up for. So, yeah, I think that'd be a cool idea. I'm just putting that out there, I guess. Yeah, if anyone has a dope house in a climate where we could go running every day, um, we'll come take over. Yeah. We'll bring a good time. We'll bring some funny fucking people. Yeah, right? Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. That'd totally. That's definitely a prayer, putting it out there into the universe. You know, it's, you know what else prepared me for, like, um, this idea thing? It's kind of how... What idea? What are you talking about? Idea... That just how important ideas are and to, to, to lean on your own ideas. Mm-hmm. Is kind of even within relationship and with a relationship with you is like if I don't present my idea to you at the right time and with the right positioning, it like doesn't land. Yeah. And and it's... I've realized that like, okay, waking up you in the middle of the night when you're half asleep to be like, Sean, this is my idea. You're not going to be super receptive to it. So there's so no, much. No, nor am I going to be receptive. Like, like if you bury a great idea in forty nine other ideas strung together, it's not. It's, it's going to be diluted. I know. When we were driving up here, I was like, Sean, I have an idea, and you're like, You were okay. fucking on one, Cass. Like, you, you, like literally every two seconds, you were like, Okay, here's what we need to do, and I'm like, Well, you don't need to do anything. We need to drive to fucking Maine right now, but. <laughs> Yeah, and and like the thing is, your your ideas were great, but the but the the, the timing of when they were being presented and the, just the rapid fire, like here it is now, and here's this one, and here's this one. I was like, yo, homegirl, like let's fucking chill, chill out, chill it out. Yeah, my ideas chill are too good, out. I too good to just um, waste them on bad timing yeah, and bad I mean, positioning. <laughs> they're great ideas. I I agree. Someone should make a movie called Midsummer. <laughs> <laughs> You're a jerk. <laughs> So what if all my ideas have already been done? No, that makes no, me it's happy. not even like that. Your your ideas are actually great. Um, some sometimes I think like where we get into it is like I'm I'm very practical when it comes to these things because, and this is probably what's even made me make art is I don't want to talk about it unless I'm going to do it and do it fully and do it well. well. So to me, it's a process of step one. I know. And sometimes you just take us to step fifty, and I'm like. I'm like, where? How's that record label going? <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm like, record label. You're like, we're not in that industry. We're what not in that industry. About? What the fuck? Like, yeah, you know, like you want to be around musicians. You want to make music. You do not want a record label cast. A record label is like, are we millionaires? I know. Do we feel like just losing? If money? I was a millionaire, Hell though, yeah. I would put millions into having a record label. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, that would be incredible to get to nurture talent like that and make people's dreams come true help amplify voices like yeah an environment where people could record and and i don't even know it's more like a studio can i have a music studio you would be so bored (laughs) you don't even like the funny thing is about your ideas sometimes it's like i don't know them so that's why i can think of them yeah like that's not how it works you can idealize some musician's life and i'm like were you not there for two weeks when we were filming Johnny make his album and it's fucking miserable? It's kind of tedious. It's tedious as hell. It's like making it's tea. It's pressurized. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it, yeah. It's like you make tea and then you go over here and you do this vocal and I don't know, maybe we want to change the rhythm on this song and maybe we'll go back in. 
it is so fucking tedious it, you know like that would be like a musician being like what i really want to do is be an editor of films i know that's why i need to like, <laughs> like take what? my ideas and realize like what is the core thing of yes. what i need and what i want in yeah. life not even need but what what is it that i'm like drawn to about that yeah and it's like being around the purity of creation of music making of, of the transference of energy in a non a linguistic realm mm -hmm. you know and you get that in an ayahuasca ceremony you know you get yeah. that when you sing in the shower you get that like when you and you uh get into when the group sex. when you have sex yeah that's i mean talk about something that's fluid and rhythmic and energetic and an exchange and and yeah your body is the instrument you mm -hmm. know mm -hmm. it always is mm -hmm. that's why you got to keep that shit tuned <laughs> you know and, and i feel like you tune it by listening by shutting the fuck up, by not bombarding your being with stimulation. I know it's there. I know it's there. But it's not necessary to constantly bombard your being with stimulation. And in fact, having the discipline to not is going to smooth out this experience. I mean, one of the most life-changing things I did was not say the first thing that comes into my head. Mm. you know being like oh i'll sit with that one for a second before i say it out loud i know we're talking about me like spewing a bunch of shit like i was i was talking out loud but there no. is there is part of me that used to say the first thing and the first thing's usually fear-brained or critical or whatever and i'm not saying it's i always do this but well that's because what your ego was trained to do mm -hmm. so it, it got good at it and it got good at producing the thing that kept you isolated and alone and scared Right. It got good at producing those stories and, and it happens in such an instant that you don't even think of it as a process. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. So, uh, I, I think that's, that's what the training that we're talking about is. Yeah. Is like, how do you, you know, I don't think your first thought is necessarily always needed to be thrown out. I think that's like, that's, that's your instinct. That's where you're coming from. That's something you need to listen to. Like, why is my first thought fearful? Right. As opposed to saying, no, I just need to throw away my first thought because it's always fearful. It's like, no. <laughs> no, no. Go a little deeper. Yeah. Yeah. What, what, what's producing that? Where, yeah. Where's that coming from? Right. You know, what, what do you want to be scared? Is that more comfortable? You know, it's, it's like asking those, those harder well, questions. It, well, that's the thing about like COVID is like, if I'm up here and I'm, and I'm scared the whole time, it's like, if I'm scared the whole time, then I'm maybe being more protective or kind of like talking like this or trying to talk in the other direction than my oh mom. God, and so, so funny. it's so stressful, but it's also, it, you, you justify in your head, you're like, all right, well, I'm going to sit like a little further away from my mom. That's going to make me feel comfortable because then if I do that and I actually do have this thing, I'm so scared of, I've done, I've done right by her the best I could, you know? Ego games. Right. All ego games. Yeah. Yeah, totally. But, you know, so it, it, the ego can be trained. It's not something like, look, we take psychedelics to fucking f torch our egos, to fucking burn them with a flamethrower. That's what it does. But that's just so we can rebuild it in proper service to the heart and into the, into the muse. Mm -hmm. That's that's why you, you take those extremes. I think... Uh, being a human being in 2020 America, especially like, yeah, your, your ego could use being fucking burned to the ground every now and then. Mm -hmm. So you can rebuild it in a, a different likeness in maybe a more, um, a, a better reflection of this God mirror. Yeah. 
so that that's that's something uh that that we do but it's not like uh, you can go through your life ego free you can't go through your life with a dissolved ego it's uh it, it won't work it's it's at play doing so many things that help you well it will work you just might be someone who's like a wanderer on with no clothes on your back and yeah. you know what i mean like there are people that are ascended masters who walk this plane and, and they're not attached to anyone or anything yeah on this earth but not of this earth yeah but it's cool because we have a big opportunity here to learn you know and learn from these reflections and learn from what we're uh repelled by you know totally. what i mean <laughs> totally. especially especially what especially when you by. you come across those shards of the mirror that fucking spook you it's just your reflection it's so funny because it's so easy to see it in someone else when someone like goes on a facebook rant or whatever that's why i got off facebook but like when someone goes on a facebook rant you're like yo you're so angry at yourself <laughs> like all this shit you're saying is you're like it just turn it around on yourself because you're the one you hate yeah and you can't say that to someone because then they just can't hear it but it's just everyone else can see it so it's this like kind of human experiment where we all watch each other have these fucking flip outs about everything we hate about the world and then realize well that that you hate that about the world because you see that within yourself yeah but you don't have to say that to anybody that's that's the beauty of the whole thing if you just say it to yourself and you start living by that you change and mm-hmm. people notice and you become influential. And if other people are listening and you're doing the work, they might ask themselves, wait, why isn't she so triggered by Donald Trump? I don't understand. Donald Trump has so much power over me. How come he doesn't have that, all that power over Cass? What kind of work is she doing? How does that go down? You know, how do you earn the chill? Cause it, cause it's, it, it has to be earned. It has to be earned. It's, it's in us, but like in this culture, you have to fucking earn it. Well, I think where it goes to is, is realizing like something you said in the last podcast with Noah was like, you can't overthrow this government. You have to outgrow it. And that's like, I just have a clear sense of my work mm-hmm. and that I want to do work. And I, and it's, maybe it's not so clear and maybe I know I have a lot more work to do and I have a lot more to offer, but knowing that figuring that out Mm -hmm. and understanding that path and what it is I can offer to, to uh, make other people feel good in this universe, you know, and feel safe and feel like they have homies out there and like-minded people and that they're not alone. Like that is, that's part of it. And then you just keep tuning it, you know, with, Mm. with that as the goal is not like in, in opposition, but just, Maybe it is an opposition, but yes, 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 yes. <laughs> what are you talking about? I don't know. I'm okay. just letting it flow and letting it and realizing I don't really need to say much of anything right now. I think I think people know in their heart what's right for them, and that's just what's so beautiful. And I trust that in myself, and I trust that in you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Self-doubt is a killer. And mm. we all got it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, a, it's, a, like a, it's like a suppressor. Yeah. It's a suppressant of the beauty that is you, mm-hmm. is doubting your beauty. It's a clog in the drain. Yeah, because you just, like, 
it's so funny. You could look at someone and be like, you are so beautiful. But if they don't see that in themselves, it's, it's kind of, it's difficult. It becomes, it's a moot point if they don't see it in themselves. It really becomes a moot point if they don't see it in themselves. Mm-hmm. You're like, wow, you are so bright and so beautiful, but there's nothing I can tell you that, but you can only tell someone that so many times that they have to, to recognize it in themselves and also get to the place where, and I think this is really helpful, is that realize the Buddha loved himself most of all. Mm-hmm. Like we are here to love ourselves most. Yeah. And go, the Buddha tra- traveled the, the world and he said, after traveling the world and meeting so many people, I love myself most of all. And that is not, that is because he can change himself. You should yeah. love yourself most of all. You should, if you don't love something about yourself, you should adjust course and show up in that moment and realize, like, I can love, I should love myself most of all, is because this is the instrument I'm playing right yeah. now. Yeah. Love the instrument that you're playing. Yeah. If you have a guitar in your hands, love that guitar, be that guitar. You are this crazy instrument and you can only play yourself. Like, trying to play other people is like, it might be funny, but it's not real. You know? <laughs> no, I th- I think um, that's hard work. It's hard work because um, we're we're not really shown any examples of that. Oh well, it's kind of it's like if someone loves themselves, they're like, oh, what what you know, they're fucking oh, conceited, they're conceited, narcissistic, all this stuff. But to really love yourself and and love yourself despite your flaws and forgive yourself and it's a it's a beautiful thing and it allows you to hold space and be more loving for other people to love themselves it's a way to get free because when you love yourself you don't give a fuck what anyone else thinks about you no you know and, and like that is the most liberating thing especially if you fancy yourself an artist like don't give a fuck about the audience don't give a fuck about what anyone thinks of you that's when the beauty is going to come out that's when the real dopeness is going to come out but it's hard to do. It's yeah. hard to do. I've I've started to practice even like, you know, because I never really thought of myself as like much to look at. You know what I mean? I'm like more of like a funny guy, like ideas and stuff like that. But like now, like I look at myself in the mirror. I'm like, you're the fucking hottest dude that's ever walked this planet, dude. <laughs> I really do. I believe it. I think it's even funny that you don't think that naturally that you have to like say that to yourself. It's not funny. It's just like that's the way it is for people. You know, I have to tell myself that. And yeah. Once I started telling myself that and like practicing true self-love in the face of a culture that does not want you going there, I got more confident. I got more free, you know, I, I started very seductive. Yeah. Fucking I started wearing Crocs and more beautiful women have come on to me in in my life since I started wearing Crocs (laughs) than all of my life before that combined. There and that's not, that is not an <laughs> ad for Crocs because, uh, you know, whatever. It, it, the Crocs are just a reflection of how free I am. Yeah. They're, they're some, when you got them, I was like, what are you, what are you doing? Those look fucking so silly. Mm-hmm. But I knew they were comfortable and I really wanted in on that. Mm-hmm. And I just needed to get to a place in my life where I was free enough to rock those Crocs. Mm-hmm. And that was hard work. But now that I'm rocking them. I, when I, every time I put them on and I'm walking on clouds, I use that as like a little hack, like a little example, like of like, look, you know, you're, you're doing this, you're being you, 
you're being free you're you're doing what you want to do you're not concerned what other people think about this mm-hmm. you know well th- i mean that's definitely the sexiest characteristic that i've ever found in people mm-hmm. you know the people i'm most energetically and attracted to are those that are most uh confident but not cocky i guess is yeah you know how yeah. you say it like yeah just totally because I think that's what we all want for ourselves. And so you're attracted to the things that you want for yourself and attracted to the people that... So sometimes even when someone's attracted to me, I'm like, I used to be more... I, I'm not as flattered by it anymore. Because I'm like, yeah. oh, you're like, that's cool. Like, you you like something about me. But that's just not because you like it about me. It's because that's what you want for you. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's... I mean, it's almost more flattering in some ways. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Because you're like, damn, that's cool. You yeah. know, you, you want this, we want similar things for ourselves, you know, to, to be free, to be confident, to be in the flow, to be non-self-conscious, to be loved, to be happy. To be sweet to each other. Uh-huh. Yeah. I was crying in the grocery store yesterday because I was walking behind um, a lady who was um, there with someone with Down syndrome. Mm-hmm. And they were walking around grocery shopping together and the lady ran into one of her friends. And she introduced her friend to um, the girl with Down syndrome. And the friend was just so sweet. Mm-hmm. It fucking just tears right away. You know, she was so sweet. She was just engaged her right away. Yeah. Fearlessly, non-judgmentally, just engaged her. Started asking how her day was. Started complimenting her clothes. Asking about what she got. You know, I have no idea as a person with somebody with a disabled sister. When someone gives them attention like that and love, you have no idea what that does for their life. Yeah. Yeah. And that's everyone. It's not just people with disabilities, but totally. we should extend that to everyone. Yeah. That, that tenderness mm-hmm. that you would approach somebody with a disability, that should be extended. That, that should be extended to everyone. Yeah. Because like you're so strong. You know what I mean? Like you you were all so strong like you have so much to offer Mm -hmm. another person and that's where it can just feel like kind of sad with the pandemic but also so special is that these moments that we have these little interactions they're so potent Mm -hmm. and that if you come at them like lovingly and wanting to make someone feel good that that is that's what we're here to do you know like exactly what she did is like be present in the moment and show up and be loving and and engage and Mm. And bring that sweetness. Yeah. Yeah, because life is pretty sweet. Life is pretty sweet. It, it can be. It can be bittersweet. Mm-hmm. You know, but uh, I and, and while we're while I just just while um while Caitlin's here with me, my sister Caitlin, Caitlin Aileen Don, my sister, who's turning thirty three on November eleventh. Uh, has had epilepsy her whole life, and it's been really um, a tough path for us, for my family. It's, it, it upsets me so much, all the time, mm-hmm. all the time. It's so it's so upsetting. She's having a really tough time right now with her, with her seizures. We uh, we don't know what's going on. The doctors don't know what's going on. And so it can be overwhelming. She needs our prayers. And my parents need our prayers. Like anyone who hears this, if you if you have a second to to keep my my sweet sister Caitlin Aileen done in your prayers, she needs it. Um, I don't know what else to do. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what else to do. Yeah. When, right when we got up here, my dad called, freaking out. And I said, what's wrong? He said, Caitlin's had 23 seizures in the past couple hours. Grandma, crazy. They hit her with emergency medication and it didn't do anything. Like, you're talking about someone at that point that is like a tick away from not being on this planet anymore. Like, just really, like, dangerously close to the end. And it's so scary. It's so overwhelming. It's just like, a really crazy teacher. A really wild reflection. Such a wild reflection that you could convince yourself this isn't a shard of God. Mm-hmm. There's no way epilepsy is is a shard of of God's great beauty. But it is. And I think it's here to wake me and my family up. And, and anyone who Caitlin comes in contact with. Because she, she has a a very potent aura around her. Mm-hmm. Especially if you're intuitive and you're the listening kind. Yeah, Caitlin's very powerful. She's very powerful. She gets fucking totally assaulted with these seizures. And there's no rhyme or reason as to when they'll come. So her life has been very constricted. So she's had to, and we've had to take off the table all the things that most people would even consider a life. Mm -hmm. And that's off the table for Caitlin. So then we have to, you have to think about like, is she getting, uh, the, the shit end of, of the deal here? Or is she going to help us redefine what life is and what presence is? Cause that's what Caitlin is. She's present. She's not hung up on the past. She could barely remember it. She's not hung up on the future. She can't really go there. She's just there with you. She's just there. And it's a beautiful tuning fork if you allow it to be that. Anyone that's suffering in any way, anyone maybe that's close to death or or has um, disabilities, they can really be beautiful tuning forks. Reminds me of um, in that Mr. Rogers movie um, where they talk about how he would ask people who were like dying to pray for him. Yeah. And they were like, why are you asking me to pray for you? And it's like, well, I figure I figure you're closer to God, you know. Mm. It just kind of reminds me of that. This pope says that, our, our current pope. Mm. What did he say? He doesn't say, I'll pray for you. He says, pray for me. Mm. That's that's fucking powerful. Mm-hmm. You know, Im- imagine being uh, poor and and the, the, the you know this holy figure comes comes to you, and he's saying pray for me. That's kind of he's washing your feet. That's kind of what I'm I'm saying. Even with this like devil shit, is like no one's immune. Like we all need to help each other, mm-hmm. and 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 no one like uh, isn't running with the devil you know yeah. and so everyone needs to be prayed for you know we need to pray for our teachers for our spiritual leaders for the the healers you know they they need our prayers because we've seen we've seen 
so many stories of of the 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 balance and the corruption and the and the out of alignment that things can have no matter who you are no matter how many times hours you've meditated no matter what mm -hmm. spiritual site you've gone to no matter what medicine you've taken you know yeah your spiritual resume don't mean shit no it doesn't it really doesn't it's just like it, uh, you you just got to show up for that for that moment but isn't that beautiful because it puts no one above you at the same time oh yeah yeah it's like oh okay yeah you, they've done these this they went on this trek or they did this it's like we can learn from each other and people can bring back wisdom but no one's above you mm -hmm. well i mean that that's why you know th th i think we can get um very myopic about what needs to what needs to happen to save this planet and save humanity and it's like we, we need to destroy capitalism and it's like yeah yeah that's true for sure that's that's one of the things but we need to take it a step further into more of uh you know it's i know it's a triggering word but more of an anarchist mindset mm. where you're taking the flamethrower to any form of hierarchy anytime you see it anywhere especially in your own being right especially when you find yourself doing that thing that we've all been so trained to do and put this one up here and that one down here and yourself here and this one's below you because they said that and they did that and it ain't like that. And I, I think that if we could get on, on that page, if we could lead with that example, that there are no hierarchies. There are, we're all here. We're all here, man. And no one knows what the fuck is going on. No one knows what the <laughs> fuck is going on. God damn, of course not. How could we? Yeah. How could we? Yeah. Fuck. We're chilling. You say you wanted to chill, and we're doing it. Yeah. Fireside yeah. chat. <laughs> Fireside chill chat. Yeah. yeah. Totally. Weed free, motherfucker. I know we got this uh, call later. We gotta we gotta pitch yeah. a movie. Yeah, we're gonna pitch a movie. And we're gonna try to have our wits about us. I've definitely smoked weed on pitches while I'm on the phone pitching while I'm you know you've seen me walk into the most important meetings of our life and I'll smoke a joint right outside before we go in there well maybe it's we're not smoking because we want to not our lungs I mean I've been I, yeah I don't want to cough yeah. like I, I just like when, when when your mom got scared the other day I was just like okay I'm gonna put down the joints for a few days like I gotta relax and like yeah. do myself every favor I can in case this is something but it's not yeah, a nice little break from uh, the toke is good once in a while. Mm -hmm. Everything in balance. Well, instead we fucking do these edibles and like, good lord. They're crazy. You hit highs that you'd never hit from smoking. I know. But you kind of have to take a break from the edibles because yeah. it's, it's like with, and especially like with the ketamine, it's like we can have the most profound, beautiful experiences, but it really only comes if you take three months off. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's like if you just do it every day, like just it doesn't it becomes meaningless. Mhm. Mm yeah. You know? I mean, I think if we were to um come up with some sort of discipline around drug use, it'd probably be like, you know, you you want to wait 3 months between all these experiences, but if you do that, there's so many different kinds of drugs, you could just be doing a different drug every month. Like once a month, it's like we're going to hit the K-hole this month. That's what February is all about. March, we're doing fucking three hits of acid. April, we're going to take Molly for the first time in four months. 
May is uh, ayahuasca. June uh, is mushrooms. July, and then and then totally. the cycle can repeat. And then December, you do all of them at once. On, yeah. On Christmas. Yeah, on, the, on Christmas. <laughs> you were just reading me a story from Reddit of a guy that that took 800 micrograms of acid, and then an hour later took five grams of mushrooms, <laughs> took 750 milligrams of an edible, took a gram of ketamine, mm. and then what? And DMT. I mean, I think he's taking psychedelics every day, so, like, he couldn't just do that if he hadn't, like, built up a tolerance, but still, that's insane. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's insane. He calls it the God dose, but I'm like, that's the fucking psychotic dose. I don't even know. Well, why would you want to dull these very potent tools that could help you um, burn and rebuild your ego? You don't want to abuse that stuff. You yeah. don't want to abuse well, I'll that. have to check in on him and see how he did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> see, what, see what he came back with. I, I think that people, um, uh, and I think a, like a lot of people we know that are prone towards going back to these things like time after time after time, like uh, like maybe on the daily or the weekly or whatever, they're not taking enough. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, we took we took a little on our drive up. Or before our drive up, not mm. that we were driving under the influence, oh, no, not it, no. but like a micro dose, and it was pretty awesome. It got us up here. It definitely got us up here. Yeah. Like these, we are on the precipice of psychedelic medicine being legal in a way where you can pretty much replace all, <laughs> replace your medicine cabinet. Yeah, you know, mm-hmm. that'd be really cool. Totally. It's um, it 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 is the future. There's there's no choice. We're backed into a corner right now, and these are some of the only chemical portals that are going to help us out mm-hmm. and not bring us further into it. Too fun. Mm. Yeah, this you want to wrap it up? I got to pee pretty bad. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah. This was chill. This is very chill. We're here in Maine. We're grateful, and um. My sister needs prayers. I, I really, I just want to reiterate that. My sister needs prayers. She's the sweetest angel I've ever met. Oh. The kindest soul and heart and for everything that she's been through, she has more grace than anyone mm. that I've ever known. Grace. You know? Yeah. So, and, and for her to call the other night and be like, I'm not feeling good. It was like, all right, this is serious. Like, yeah. she needs... She needs help, like when when I we were saying at the beginning, you know, you gotta send love to different parts of your body first. That's ultimately where you're gonna go. It's like, all right, mm-hmm. that's that's what we can offer right mm-hmm. now. You know, we'll go back there and and we'll be with her, and then and also it's all yeah. We're not too humble to ask for the prayers because it is what it, it we do need help. We yeah, Katie we do. needs help. Yeah, she does. On all planes. Yep. Yep. And um. Uh, if you want to support us, patreon.com slash church of chill. It really means a lot to us. Yeah. I didn't think it would when we launched it. Yeah, because we're like, oh, we're just asking for $2. Like, we're not even asking for $2. Like, literally pay any amount and you get access to our oh, show. That's, that's Church true. of chill. Like, yeah. I don't care. Yeah. yeah give, give two cents. I don't even know if you're allowed to, but like, give next to nothing and you get access to all of our epi- our music show, Church of Chill. You get access to all those mixes and our Discord, which is like full of a lot of people cooler than us. Yeah, Jesus, awesome. But um, you know, if if you like us and you like what we do, what we do, like 
that that's really the sweetest thing you could do for us yeah because it, it's like it feels less about the money and more about the energetic exchange like that what we do is appreciated and that yeah. us talking on here is appreciated and that also it's making me feel inspired to feel like there's other things we could do or other things we could go put out there that would be well received yeah and there's something about someone saying like i'll give these guys a few bucks a month yeah that it's, makes it's, yeah it's 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 very much like uh like what we were saying before it's like don't don't consume us help us create mm. you know and, and if you if, if you support us in this way we'll be able to create more and it gets our creative juices flowing like you you see more people joining our community and i'm like i want to give them more stuff it starts inspiring totally things i think we would have never thought of otherwise and i didn't expect this and yeah church of chill is like one facet of church of chill is like this radio show that you do and that we probably like about once a week put out like an hour long hour and a half long music and and i think it's great to meditate to and draw to and paint to and go on a walk to so i I feel like uh it's a great companion and that's kind of kind of the goal with it is and i mean i know that i deeply deeply appreciate the episodes because you take you take me on a musical journey that is a little unexpected and always goes deep and is always just uh brings out different things well that's what's cool about it is because i think we're all so used to curating our experience because Mm -hmm. we have access to everything all the time it's like okay i'm gonna listen to sean and Cass now and then i'm gonna listen to this album and this church of chill is like very much like here's the songs you can't skip them i'm not even necessarily going to tell you what they are but they just flow nicely together get into this flow don't judge Mm -hmm. and just be with us yeah let your marker go where it will yeah and just honor the chill let your marker go where it will honor the chill yeah yeah (laughs) awesome awesome yeah we're silly we're sean and Cass. this is a very eight podcast thanks for joining us Peace and love. Peace and love. You crazy fuckers. <laughs> Wait, is that our tag end line? What's our end line? Oh, I don't know. Peace and love, you crazy fuckers. I love it.